On election night, there's only one place to be, Fox News Channel. In this critical moment, with the balance of power at stake, this is the midterm election everybody is waiting for. Only Fox News Channel brings real insight, smart perspective, and the all-important results minute by minute. Every key race, every pivotal moment. As America decides, we're there every step of the way. On election night, stay with special coverage starting at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, and along with my co-host, Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of TheLeveragist.com and Divizio.com. How are you today, Jack? I am great. I am fasting this morning, and I'm loving it. <laughs> mm. I'm telling myself, convincingly. <laughs> are you convinced? I'm, no, super, not I'm really. super loving it. <laughs> well, I had my best breathing time, though, this morning with Wim Hof. I almost did three minutes uh, a breath hold. So wow. I find that I do that better on, on an empty stomach. I know. For somebody who was almost a lifetime smoker before I quit, uh, years ago, I never really thought I'd have lung capacity like that again. But uh, here I am. <laughs> That's really amazing, and we have got a real treat for everybody today. Why don't you tell them who our guest is? We have Donna Tornillo, who is a spiritual purpose accountability coach, author, speaker, intuitive, and teacher, uh, along with her cherished role of mother and grandmother. Donna's on a mission to help people create uh, clarity in their goals and direction, connection to true purpose, and the courage to move confidently into the future. She uses strategies and coaching, including intuitive tarot and astrology perfected from her youth. When confronted with difficult decisions, Donna, known as the clarity creator, is there for you. As a law of attraction coach, she teaches the principles of positive intention, mindset, mindfulness, and meditation to achieve your desired outcomes with feelings of confidence, worth, and empowerment. Donna, welcome to Leverage Masters. Thank you so much. It is so exciting to be here this morning and or now this afternoon, depending on where you are. So it's, thank you for having me. This is really a great treat. Well, we'll start you off with, uh, we got a little bit of a taste of who you are and what you do, and we'll dive into that extensively this hour. But we always Great. want to know at the very top of the hour, what is it that's really getting you excited these days? What's the, most, the thing you're the most passionate about working with people or, or anything now? I am so glad you asked that because I was sharing it just recently because it's so wonderful what you just said about me and that's really tremendous because it makes me feel so so wonderful and valued but the most passionate thing I am about is now and it is about people recognizing their own power 
that we can make changes within our life within whatever we choose if we only understand and realize that we have the power to do that. And that comes with uh, the teachings of being a law of attraction coach, but it's also about our connection to our true purpose when we really understand. And, And for all of us, our purpose is joy. That really is what our true purpose is. How we express that joy makes us the individuals that we are. And that's what's the beauty of this world is that we are not all alike. We express our joy in different ways. And so recognizing the power of joy and how we can affect change and how we can serve others is really where my passion is. Okay, I'm going to start off with a really hard question. Not for you, okay. but it's a it's a big question um, that someone like you can answer. Uh, okay. Why do we have Why do we have so much trouble? Why are we born into uh, the physical existence that we are all born into to go and have a lifelong, for many of us, mystery of why we're here and what it means to be happy and why we always have this suspicion in the back of our minds just always scratching at us, there's something more to be had, that there's, I'm supposed to have a greater purpose or something like that, but there's always something scratching at every single human being from the very beginning except for those who have figured it out, and I fear that it's too small of the population in this day and age. Why do we have so much trouble with this? Or or in other words, why do we need a law of attraction coach? Why do we need coaches to help us find ourselves or or whatever the term might be? Why don't we already know who we are when we're born? Well, we actually do. And the purpose of the law of attraction or any other coach is really to help you remember. When we came into this world, we had an unbelievable, um, think about it, as a child, did we really worry about the things that, that happened around us? Our, our pure mm. joy was to go out there and run and have a good time and be with our friends and think about, think about the joy you had uh, waiting for Christmas or a birthday, or none of it was tainted by, oh, by the beliefs of the outside world. And then as we grew up, we then are learning that other people have expectations of us, even starting with our parents, and our parents loved us very much, and we loved them. But the, it was operating in that old belief, that old way of this is the way it's supposed to be, and it doesn't have to be that way. So my purpose, my real purpose, is to help people remember that joy, remember that free expression that they had. And really, when you think about it, all of that, that knowing that everything was going to be okay, knowing that it was all going to be all right, it really always was. And it's, it's how we then learned to live in this physical world that we're in right now and our, our child childhood, our childish joy, happiness, knowing that an expectation was tainted by just the the beliefs people around us. And it wasn't meant to be on purpose. I mean, people didn't think, oh, well, we're going to change this happy little child into something else. It was just the expectations of living in this world that created that. 
And the very fact that you say you know there's something more is that remembering that we came in this world to know there's always more. There's always something better. And the fact that you can know that makes you connect to that there is. Does that make sense? It makes me wonder. Yes, it was a beautiful, beautiful answer. It was way better than I even expected. And that that's exactly what I wanted to know. And and to follow up with that, I want to know just a, a, maybe a more of a facetious uh, question to follow up with that, since you're game for it, and I know you can do it. <laughs> Is, do you think... That, do you think the world would look anything like it does today if we didn't have the programming that we receive that slowly takes us away from our childlike sense of wonder and creativity and passion and uh, free-spiritedness and things, that programming that happens that makes some of us McDonald's employees? We need McDonald's, right? And, and the guy who owns McDonald's needs employees. And I highly, highly doubt sometimes that anybody would choose to become a McDonald's employee had they an inkling of an idea of the power of which you speak. Could you talk to that? I mean, would, what would our society look like if you got what you wanted today? Like if, well, if everybody's well, lights turned on. Right. <laughs> and and that, I'm so glad you said that because think about that. What if we all set the intention that this is a peaceful world? What if we all set the intention that the world that we live in is, is environmentally sound and healthy. We choose to look at those parts of the world. There's a lot of places and a lot of, a lot of um, examples of where it actually is happening. What we hear, and, and it's not just social media, it's, it's news, it's uh, magazines, Think about just an advertisement in a magazine is designed to make you feel less than so that you will buy that product. It's, mm-hmm. it's I mean, that's marketing. That's, that's about, you know, feel the pain so that you will now choose to go in this direction to feel better. That's, that's how we are kind of set up at this point. But what if you came from the premise already that you were okay? What if you came from the premise that you were already whole? then whatever happens around you is going to be something that you can enjoy and love. And even if it is working at McDonald's, because for somebody that may be what they choose to do. And that's what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. It may not, you know, it's, it's not my judgment for someone else to decide what's going to make them happy. They have to do that. But it comes from how we, the joy that we feel inside, how we want to express that, and how we view the world itself as it is. So if we come from already the, the operational foundation that everything is sound, it does all work out, and maybe it takes a circuitous route to get there, and maybe it creates what we call contrast, which means somebody might call a challenge, which helps us see that there is something more. It helps us expand our boundaries with contrast. We get to see even more of what life has to offer by a roadblock or a contrast, whatever we might call it. Hmm. And that lets us see the world in a wholeness that, that we can't see if we create the blocks of, of our, in our own mind. So it is about mind over matter. It is about how we view the world and what feeling we want to have. The same thing happens in 
with children. That's why they can attract all that joy that comes to them. It's rare that we see the interaction with children where it's going to be, and I know as a classroom teacher and I taught elementary school and loved it. I mean, my, my whole point of being in there was it was a symbiotic relationship with children for them to teach me as well as me to teach them. And the greatest gift that I could give to them was to make them feel whole and loved. And even with those um, uh, exceptional students that I had, I had a whole classroom of those my last year of teaching, and I knew that the most I could give them was to make them feel confident in who they are and loved, and they excelled on the test at the end of the year beyond our expectations because I gave them the feeling that they could do whatever they wanted, even with some of their limitations they may have had. So it is all about what we, what we see in ourselves and how we expect ourselves to show up in the world. How long did you teach? I taught for 25 years. I, I actually oh, taught my goodness. For, for 18, I was in my 19th year of teaching, and um, my husband was, was alive at the time. And so it was, we were like ships passing in the night. So at that point, it was like, okay, my, my son was um, graduating from college here, here in Tallahassee because I live in Tallahassee. And um, now I lived in Miami previously. And so he said, well, you know, he'd been asking me to take a leave so that we could, you know, have more life together instead of this, you know, ships passing in the night. And um, so my two-year leave turned out to be 16. So when he retired, and I supported him in in his business and what he did. So when he retired, we moved here to Tallahassee, and I went back to teaching again. And it was exciting to do it after that long a period of time. Um, I love the, um, the, the eagerness of children to learn. I love them in how they express themselves with joy in the world. If they don't, it's because it's something they have learned. So my whole purpose was to help them realize that they are whole and wonderful and loving and can contribute to others and to themselves. Well, I asked just because I, I wanted to I wanted to take you somewhere for a second okay. uh, and just make, yeah. have you think about, I mean, after all those kids, my wife is an ex-teacher and she gets every once in a while a note from a student grown up now in their job and everything. And it never fails to bring her to complete crocodile tears of mm-hmm. pride that they would even be thinking of her. I know a teacher who made impacts like you're talking about in kids' lives. I married one and <laughs> I can't imagine what it must uh Think back on all of the kids that you've touched, that you've you've had an impact on, and one of them, just one of them, most certainly must be thinking about you today, gratefully about how you helped them. I just I'm well, always fascinated with teachers and what you must be able to just sit down and meditate on with just total pride because you deserve to. Well, thank you, and that's it is it is that that wonderful joy that just fills my heart when when one of my former students and now I see them you know Facebook is amazing so now that I see them on Facebook and their parents now and um, they're raising their children or um, I have received um, comments back from some of my former students saying I remember how you made me feel whatever that was you know whatever that instance mm-hmm. was is because the 
you know, the worst thing that you can do to a child is then make them not feel that they have value or worth. And that was really what I love doing is that, you know, they're all different. So, and it's, it's yeah. how they're going to show up is going to be in their own way. So, yes, it does. It, it really makes me happy. It really, really does to know, you know, because you don't always know at the time. You know, when you're in the classroom and, of course, yeah. you've got all the things that you have to do as a classroom teacher, you don't know at that time the full impact that you have on students. So, uh, yes, I agree with your wife. Absolutely. And you're still teaching to this day. I mean, you are a, uh, a yeah. lifelong teacher. Yes, and it was interesting because when I retired from teaching in 2011, um, I was thinking, well, now what do I do? You know, now what? Mm -hmm. And that kind of led me to doing what I'm doing today because I was in that now what phase. Um, My husband um, had passed away. My son lived in Miami. I'm in Tallahassee. So um, my pet had passed away. So I was like, okay, I'm here, you know, on a – as as myself, as my, a person where I'm not a caregiver to anyone, you know, any longer. So what do I do with myself? How do I do this? So I guess I won't be teaching anymore. And then what I learned was that I repurposed my purpose. My, because you're right, Jack, I'm, I am a teacher. I will always be a teacher. And that's just who I am. But I didn't understand then that I could repurpose how I taught. It wasn't with children anymore. It was with adults. And it's interesting because after I retired from teaching, I volunteered with the United Way here in Tallahassee to go speak to different businesses and groups during their fundraising. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to talk to adults. I mean, I was so comfortable talking to (laughs) 10-year-olds. It was like, whoa, oh, my gosh, I, you know, how do I do this? And I did it on purpose so that I would gain that confidence to speak to adults because now I'm going to be in an, in an adult world. And it was interesting because I, I raised that at one of the companies that I was speaking with, and this one gentleman piped up. He says, oh, don't worry. We're, we're just like fifth graders. It's all okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I had a good time. Well, in many ways, <laughs> I, I bet there's a lot of stories you can tell the uh, similarities between fifth graders and adults. <laughs> That well, uh, maybe you know, some people it, would be like, oh, I don't think that's very special. You guys needed to grow up a little. Or maybe not. Maybe they, maybe you wondered that there's still childlike sense of wonder uh, when they were in their 40s and, and marveled at that in a good way. I don't know. <laughs> well, one of the things I learned, and that it, had, it was a judgment on my part, and I had to learn to accept it, and it was part of my training and learning to do what I do today because I was so used to working with 10-year-olds and fifth graders, and so I knew that, yes, this was fifth-grade behavior. But then when I saw the same behavior in adults, I was, I was, I was probably not as accepting until I recognized that it was how we were trained, how we, how, what we learned, and we hadn't learned to overcome and love ourselves and who we are and what we do and be confident in what we do. So those other childlike, if you will, but 10-year-old behaviors or whatever level you want to use still showed up because we hadn't crossed into that confident power that we have. It wasn't recognized. And so that really helped, 
that was really a good lesson for me. It was really for me mm-hmm. to help know that, oh, okay, so this this is how this is happening. This is what's important. And this is how I proceeded then for the future to do that. Do you think that there are some mistakes we might look back on as a, as a, the human race <laughs> that we, we, that the way that we envision growing up, like growing up means now I know when you grow up and then you have kids and you're responsible and you have to, even if it's back in, you know, when we discovered fire, life is really rough when you're that caregiver and it might turn you into somewhat of a brooding uh, type of, person when you're protecting your kids from mastodons and you're trying to go out and get food <laughs> and, and all of that. I mean, we've been growing up into adult humans for quite some time. And I sometimes question, do, is this the way that we're supposed to grow up? Or did we all just collectively start to choose that? Or did life wear us down with mastodons chasing us and things to <laughs> just grow up the way that we do? We don't sit and laugh with kids as much as it feels like we should. And sometimes I feel like in classroom situations, the chair should be around that, you know, we should be learning from the kids a lot more. Like you guys tell us, you just came from someplace magical. Can you tell us anything about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Do you feel like we've made a decision uh, to, or was it foisted on us that we just grow into a container of what it means to adult? Well, I, I, that's a good point. Jack, I, I really like that point because what it comes down to is we all have a choice. And we start our life in what we know. But once we know, learn more, we still have a choice. That's um, many times that lack of choice or recognizing that we have choice or taking that step to, to go in a different direction comes from fear. And, um, I, you know, we're in an election year, and uh, just locally I watch the uh, ads on TV, and it doesn't matter who. You know, I'm not going to advocate any particular person or party or anything, but just in general, just watching it, and it's all based on fear. And, mm-hmm. there, you know, that whole that, – with that fear base, that's why um, I created that meditation, and it's uh, it's free on my website, which is a, a meditation to release fear and move confidently into the future. Once we can understand that, okay, wait, let me just turn this off. I'm getting a double. I was getting hearing myself. I apologize. I'm, I'm hearing sorry, you I again. Guess, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. I had the um, I had your your site opened on my computer, and then all of a sudden I started hearing me. So I was like, "Wait, yeah. turn that off." <laughs> so it was distracting. Have you ever been on a phone call where you heard your echo oh, yeah. as you were trying to talk? Oh, to them? that's what that was feeling like. So well, I have that, to turn the the computer down because if I don't, uh, it comes through mine, and it's really yes, very distracting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Uh, so obviously that was, I don't believe that there are accidents in life. I feel that we always, there's always something for us to learn from. So isn't that interesting that that happened with the question that you asked? So it's about repeating ourselves, following <laughs> the same pattern. So if we choose to do that, then we end up with the same thing. If we make the choice of doing something 
differently to see what that outcome will present even closer to who we want to be, then the only way that we can do that is taking that step out of our comfort zone and taking that step across fear. I have had my fearful moment. Um, my story is, is, can, can bring up all sorts of fearful times. And one of the things that I learned was that I had to have a conversation with fear if it was worrying about money at any particular time, which all of us have had, if not now, at some point in our lives. And so um, I looked at fear and I sat down and it was actually in a meditation because I believe that, that we can have purposeful meditations or where, where we're um, uh, solving or resolving something, or we can also just listen to what the divine has to give us. But in this, meditation I looked at fear and I said so why are you here and you know having this conversation with with fear well I'm here because I don't think that you can pay your bills or whatever it happens to be I'm just throwing this out here or pay your mortgage or whatever and so I said really is that true yes it is well let's take a look at that so I have this money that comes in and I have this money that comes in. And so I can pay that bill. So then you're worried about having food on the table. Take a look at this. This money is coming in today and this is, the, this is where I can buy food today. Oh, okay. So then, you know, with, with resolving it and having this conversation with fear, whether it's about meeting uh, a person that, that is uncomfortable for you at the workplace, having that conversation to create a positive space that everything is okay really helped me a lot through all the times that I did become fearful. And I lived in fear for a lot of times. I mean, there was one point in my life I didn't know if I was going to be out on the street with nothing. I mean, that was – but I had to had to do the one thing that along with finding joy – is that I had to trust. And in trusting myself, trusting the divine, trusting that I can view myself as the divine sees me, as the universe sees me, as being that, that spiritual being that can accomplish anything, once I could do that, and that was hard. I have, you know, Jack, that was not easy looking at myself that way. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I wasn't supposed to do that. We were never taught to do that. Because we were separated. We're always separate from the universe or separated from the divine. You know, we're here, just these little, you know, uh, physical beings. And then we have the divine on the other side. And once, once I then understood that I was part of that, then how do I view myself? As the physical being that can't accomplish anything or is living in fear or viewing myself as the divine sees me? And that's, I think, that that connection also helped me to understand how I use tarot with making that connection as well. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I yeah, it does. And I also think it probably sounds a little like you're sort of a superhero to other people and going back because going back to where you started here was the political ads and it's not about the politics of it. It's about something no. I think is, a lot more cynical on the part of humanity. We've really, really figured out what moves us and gets our attention faster 
and more reliably than anything else. And it is fear. It's that mm-hmm. part of the brain that everybody talks about that we don't run from tigers anymore, but we still have a no. very active part of the brain that protected us in, in those times in a, for a really good reason. And it seems like if you figure that out, you can look at, like you did this morning, the political ads and be completely unswayed by them. Maybe a little sad that you know that they're working on other people, though. And mm-hmm. because you broke through, you sat down and had a conversation with fear, and you do that a lot, and you have to always go back and check yourself and yeah. and repeat, like you said. And and sometimes it's like, okay, well, I get this, you get this, and almost everybody that ever comes on the show are people who get it, and uh, and and have their own lives. They've had a they've chosen to have something people are seem to be scared to death to do, and that is a direct experience with this existence, with just them in the room. We seem to have put it all on, we've created these tools to go in the other direction, like social media and the news that is just all politics now. Remember the news used to say like weather? Uh, <laughs> it used to have like all kinds of stuff. Now it's this 24-7 politics, all based around fear, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like we doubled down on that. So it's not easy for a person who's trying to, however you want to phrase it, wake up or or um, become enlightened or get more in touch with their spiritual side because we have created tools that stack the deck against us everywhere we go. And it made yeah. everybody afraid to have a direct experience like you're talking about. That's scary as crap. That's why I can't get people to meditate because I'm asking them to do one thing in their day that they haven't outsourced to everybody else. And it's to look at yourself, with yourself, by yourself, and be quiet with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and and when people say they can't meditate, I figured this out. It's not that they can't meditate. It's they can't be alone with themselves. And the distractions Ooh. and everything that's pulling at them and all the little things that are going off on their phone that they've outsourced their news gathering to, that they've outsourced their friend connections with and everything else, that's all pulling at them. And they're like, I can't concentrate. I can't, I can't meditate is what they say. And it took me years to figure out what they were really saying. How do we... We live in that. So how do we how do we help people when they have so many other things, very powerful tools pulling at their attention, pulling them away from hearing really what you're saying when you're saying having a conversation with fear? Well, it's interesting because that you mentioned meditation because that is that is becoming very mainstream. Meditation, mindfulness is even part of the workplace. Companies have realized that that involving this process in and allowing for this process to occur and even encouraging it, even even having the opportunity to teach their employees how to meditate has increased productivity because productivity is, is yes, it's part of the business world, but let's face it, let's, let's, you know, drill it down to what that means. If I can do something that I feel good about, I feel good about myself. Productivity, being able to, to, to make someone else feel better or produce a product that's meaningful, whatever it happens to be, excelling and feeling good about yourself is part of that. And meditation encourages that because it removes stress. It removes worry. When you take that away, you're open and to creativity rather than fear. And so I totally agree with you on, on meditation because um, I even offer that on my website. 
a personal meditation mm-hmm. for people depending upon what their what their desire is, whether it's about fear, whether it's about clarity, productivity, whether it's about doing their job with without concern, whatever it happens to be, you know, finding more love, how do you how do you attract that? Those types of just uh, short uh, personalized meditations are important because it's almost like a mantra, and it is in many ways like a mantra. And so it's it's saying that because I was trained in in um, uh, transcendental meditation, and that's what I use. So I have a mantra that was given to me to do that. Um, but all of that reflects back on the inside, and that's the most important part because the trust comes that we can make our own decision. Even in what I do, because I think tarot brings tremendous clarity. I, it's amazing. And, and in fact, um, Thursday night, I do a Zoom call uh, that is just a one-card reading for anyone that wants to sign up for that. They can just message me on my website, theclaritycreator.com. I'll send them the Zoom link. It's amazing how one card can give clarity. In fact, we can do that here towards the end of the, our session if you'd like. I'm happy to do that. And oh, absolutely. It, Heck yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so, it's yes, it's about, and that's where the real trust comes in. Because what I say to my clients, whoever I work with, whether it's a reading or a coaching or having them uh, having their personal um, meditation, whatever that happens to be, I let them know up front that the one thing we all came into this world with was free will. That means the freedom to make the choices on our own. So if even if I say something to them that uh, that come that is my intuitive response to a card. If they don't feel comfortable with it, they shouldn't follow it. If they feel comfortable with it, then, you know, go with it. But that's also mm-hmm. with, with the coaching clients that I work with, that's how we create the plan because it's about where do I want to take my life, where do I want to change it, and how do I get there. But it's all based on do you, meaning I, to each individual feels comfortable with this. Is somebody telling you to do it, or is this something that truly in your heart you want to do? And that's the most important part, because social media has brought us to the point of listening to the outside more than the inside. And, you know, let's face it, Facebook creates these beautiful lives, and it's not true. You know, people are going to post all the wonderful things on Facebook, but you don't hear or see any of the other pain that may be happening behind the scenes. And so we think everybody has a wonderful life, but I don't. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. We all do have a wonderful life with that choice that we make. Instagram made perfected it. I can yeah. I can find people on Facebook who will allow themselves to be vulnerable and talk about having a bad day, but you will never ever. I haven't. And I pretty well curated my experience over at Instagram. I didn't want to make the same mistake that I made on Facebook. So I'm not Sorry, everybody. I'm not friends with a lot of you <laughs> because I wanted to go have a new experience. I wanted to go get in touch with – I did not want to bring my circle from Facebook over. But Instagram, I have to be in the right frame of mind before I tap on that little icon. And what I mean by that is I don't want to go watch a bunch of perfect life stuff at certain times. I'm just being ornery. I'm just having a little bit of a contrasty day, and I 
don't want to go and watch somebody's perfect abs at, at my age, but, but they've d- done better with dieting and everything else, and they're climbing a mountain, and you know, because that's all it is. Nobody ever talks about problems. And I think a lot of people recognize that, and then when you're in the right frame of mind, or when I am, I look at it as the vision board. I'm like, I'm so glad you're on that trip. I'm so glad you're enjoying yourself on the beach. Yeah. And I really, truly am. And I'm, and I'm using that as a picture of, to remind myself of why I'm working hard right now and I'm not on a beach. And I, you know, and, but I have to be in the right frame of mind. Otherwise, Instagram to me can be really depressing because it is that fake perfect life stuff. Well, the other thing, too, is that the one thing that I learned is that whatever comes into my life, it's because I appreciate it for others as well. And so when I look at someone, you know, climb, climbing Mount Everest or, or being uh, outside the Eiffel Tower in Paris, I think, oh, isn't that nice? I'm so happy for them because in sending them the joy and sending them the happiness, it comes back. Giving and receiving, my dear friend Berg Smith Lyon says, giving and receiving are the same energy. And when you think about that, as you as you offer them the joy of what they're doing and appreciate it for them, it comes back to you. So lots of times, and, and I understand fully what you're saying, Jack, that, you know, you get on there sometimes and you're in a crotchety mood and you're tired and you say, I don't want to see this. And it's good. If you're really feeling that way, don't look at it because it only makes you feel worse, not better. But if you can, yeah. even at those times, look at it and say, as the vision board, say, I'm so happy you're doing that, that is something that I would like. That would be a beautiful thing to happen, too. So, yes, um, I, I understand fully what you're saying. And, again, that giving and receiving really is an important piece in everything that, that we do today. It's not that hoarding. It's not that I'm going to keep it for myself because I don't want to give it to anyone else. I'm, I live in Tallahassee, just a few miles west of me. Was you know A lot of the areas have been fully devastated, and people lost their homes, their businesses. And the, um, I also teach and participate in Zumba along with uh, my ballroom dancing. And so our Zumba class is done at the local church. Well, we're all bringing clothes in there, or, or foodstuffs in. And that sharing, that it, it gave me the joy of cleaning out my closet, which is one of those jobs that I kept saying, oh, my gosh, I really need to do this. I don't need this anymore. I don't need, you know, it's, but who does it, you know? So it gave me the opportunity to uh, wean what I have in my closet, but it also gave me the opportunity then to share it with someone else. So it's a giving and receiving. It's, it's just a, um, a cycle that, that goes. Um, that's, I had to learn that one, and the real example for that for me was accepting a compliment. I always then would, you know, be uh, uh, say, oh, no, this is an old dress, or, oh, no, this can't, you know, you, we, we do our own little whatever, sidesteps. Instead this of just thing. saying thank you. Yeah, instead of just saying thank <laughs> you. Because when you do that, you are telling the other person the gift of a compliment that they're giving you is not important. And that's really not true. That is so kind for somebody to say something loving and generous to you. And then if you poo-poo it and say it's not important, you've not allowed them to give you that gift. Or or another way to look at it is you closed an energetic loop. A loop was started. Somebody did something kind, 
And you don't yeah, want to be the person who closes, you know, energy was trying to flow somewhere. And yeah. we're always constantly asking for it to flow in our direction in other ways. You'd never want to be the person who does anything to stop the flow of that good energy. And I had to learn that because, Mr., I never took a compliment well. I thought I was doing everyone a favor or myself or whatever by making a joke into every single time I got complimented. It, and then I realized I was turning off energy that I so desperately wanted to bring into the world and nurture and, exactly. and pass on. And I don't want to be that the is, dam that, that stops all that up. Oh, I love how you say that, Jack, because that, so, that is so right. And that's why giving and receiving are the same energy, because someone's giving you a compliment and, you, and your receiving it gives them a gift as well. So, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful exchange of that positive flow, you know, that, that just like you described it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And Do you when, think that uh, – oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, I was just, just try, thinking about relating it to astrology, too, with how we have to learn. Uh, lots of people get hung up on their astrological chart, and I love doing charts. I mean, I've, I've got mine, and I watch the transits that go through and how it's whatever, but then my choice is whether I am going to accept what is supposed to be coming to me or I change it. But when you think about a chart, it's done at birth. So what if we didn't learn? What if we did not have any any areas of growth and we just stayed in that same space that we had from birth? So that has to do with with how we learn to expand and grow, and that's what the transiting planets and, the, you know, our universe, you know, allows us. But just think about that energy not being able to expand or being able to grow. So it, it's still part mm. of that, that beautiful energy exchange. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about the tarot and astrology is that it's there, but how do we expand it and make it even better? I, I do things a little differently, too, with tarot. Um, a lot of tarot card readers do reverse cards, and it's not a bad thing to do reverse cards. It's like bumps in the road or a different way, you know, a, an opposite perspective, like a yin and yang type thing. And I figure we get enough of those, like we were talking about earlier with media and and messages that come to us. So I operate fully in the positive perspective because we can also know we can, we can, we can make a list of our own negatives. But in any of my readings that I do, it's always in the positive sense. So I've, I just drew a card, and uh, if it's okay, Jack, I'd like to just share with you what yeah. it is because we, we were talking about this. And this is the Princess of Swords. I, I, this is the Illuminati deck. I really love the images on this deck. And it's not your traditional Raider White, but Rider White, but this one is so beautiful because it has um, – she, swords are the thought, why it's so perfect for today, because the princess of swords is about inspiration and new ideas and innovation. And, and that's what I viewed your show as, the inspiration and the innovation for new ideas to get out there and be expanding. She's not the queen, so she's not fully in charge, nor the king. What she offers is that inspiration and new beginnings that can keep growing. So, you know, as I was reviewing 
your site and all the, the lists of the, the different subjects that you have had in the past, that is so tremendous to think about, oh, my goodness, these are what you offer so many people, a different perspective of looking at, at things. And that's what this card, to me, says, is that this is perfect for what you do because you're inviting inspiration, you're inviting innovation, you're inviting new ideas, and you're inviting new ways of looking at things. And she's a beautiful young lady carrying this gorgeous sword. So imagine yourself that it's just wielding that sword of, of truth and honesty and ideas that's going through everything that you do. That sounds fantastic. It's also uh, kind of neat to be the lightning rod for so many people coming on from seemingly, I mean, for really, actually, different backgrounds and different industries and different focuses and expertise. After a while, you start to see similarities. Uh, and it's really strange because everybody comes on to talk about seemingly different stuff, but we don't. Like mm-hmm. we we end up threads that run through every every guest. Like it, it's just really strange in that just that lightning rod effect. And then it seems like a really complicated world. Look at all the guests. Look at all the things they do. You know they must talk about all the things under the sun. And while in one sense we do, we always end up talking about the same kind of things from a certain perspective. That human condition that is a really common thing among us all. And it's just strange that things that seem complicated at first really aren't that. But think about this is what you attract. This is who you are. That too, and yeah. That is what you're attracting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's that's exactly what you do. Now, this is one card. Um, what I normally do with tarot is it, it's, it's a 14-card reading because I do it within the 12 houses of the Zodiac. So, a card is pulled for every single area of life, whether it's how you, how you project yourself to the world, money, communication, um, home, um, the fun stuff that you love, relationships, business, uh, all, you know, social relationships, all of that is considered and, and done within the 12 houses of the Zodiac. So it's really comprehensive. And, then what you do with that is just get a better understanding of your strengths and areas that maybe you might want to look at differently. And so um, I love doing it. And it always, it's, it's amazing how it always gives people that clarity, you know, because we all, yeah. we, we all, we all have the answers. We really, really do. But they get all muddled in our in our minds with all the, should I do this or should I do that? What is that? Oh, my goodness, let me go over there. And we get, you know, we get bogged down in all of the yeah. possibilities. And so that's what I love about tarot is it, give, it gives that clarity. It gives that focus. And it really gives people relief from... Yeah. Not knowing what to do. I don't tell, I don't go into delve into, you know, you're gonna die tomorrow, you'll have cancer. I don't do any of that kind of stuff and I don't see it in the cards. Oh, good. Focusing, good. Then let's, no, let's do the let's do the health thing then. Because I didn't want to get a death card, but if you're not into that, then cool, <laughs> let's do the health thing. <laughs> well, that's all part of the whole that's all part of that twelve that fourteen card reading. It's not that I just pull a pull a a, a health card, although 
just pulling a card with that intention, um, you're working on it as I see it. You have tremendous spirit and inspiration to be healthy. And so you're doing a lot of work because it's the five of wands that I pulled. So you're doing a lot of work to make yourself healthier and to feel better. And some of it is a challenge to you to, to do that. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's the, the, like you say, you were fasting this morning and, and learning to breathe. And I understand about that being healthier. I smoked for 20 years, but I quit in 86. And it was, you know, it was hard. It was hard to do, but I'm so glad that I did it. So it's, it's, um, it's not an easy road for you to become healthy, but you're not giving up. Your, your purpose and your spirit is fully engaged into making yourself be all that you can be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love that. And I love that, um, although I don't love, I wish we would have started at the top of the hour because I already want the whole comprehensive treatment, but I get it. (laughs) Time (laughs) is a constraint that we have not learned how to uh, go past. Uh, I've been working on that too, but I can't figure out time and how to cheat it. Uh, Well, I also do. do, uh, Go ahead. Okay, I also do what is called a card of the year or a growth card, and it's based on numerology, based on your birthday, and it goes from birthday mm-hmm. to birthday, and that's also on my homepage of my website, along with the meditation. So that's that's a gift from me to any of your listeners that wanted to to um, uh, get that card. It's called the card of the year, and it. Uh, it means giving me your information, which would be your birthday. You don't have to give me the year, but you have to give me the birth date and your email, and then I will send you what that means for you. And it's, the, like I say, my year, it's the card of the year. If your birthday is today, it would go from October 23rd to October 23rd of next year. And what it means is it's your growth card, it's your focus card, it's what you're going to be working on this year, what, you're, what you'll be focused on uh, to um, move forward. So that's also available. So that's on the clarifycreator.com. Well, go okay, good. Yes, and wherever you're listening to this, either now or in the future, the link is here. Look for it. It should be very obvious below this or above or on the side of this. But wherever you're listening, you can go grab those gifts. And thank you so much for coming and bearing gifts. I love that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I. I enjoy doing this. And uh, as I said, this, this is my purpose and my passion is to help people recognize how powerful they are. And again, we get beat down with media and, and messages from around us. Um, it's wonderful. We, life is really good. You know, I, I, I was just thinking about tarot and about, all the tools that we use possibly maybe being proxies for what you call the divine a lot today. I mm-hmm. call it source a lot. I call it a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I know you do mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. These cards and these, all the things, I used to have a judgment about every one of them. You know, like I used to be scared of Ouija boards because we were supposed to be scared of those things, right? And mm-hmm. and that's, that's some form of channeling something not desired or whatever, and you only did it during Halloween time. And, and then I'd have an opinion on tarot. I'd have an opinion on um, all kinds of readers and, and, and um, people. And I don't have as much judgment anymore because I kind of maybe figured something out, and you can tell me if I'm even close. 
it feels like all of the things or any of the things that we use are sort of like proxies for source to come through. Like, for some reason, very few of us can look directly in the eye of the universe and get the answers that we seek. It seems like they come around the corner. They come from they come through things. The delivery mechanism has to be there, or or it doesn't come to you at all. Uh, is that am I on to something? Are these tools all just proxies to get that, that divine connection coming through? Well. I, you're right in using the word tools because that's how I describe astrology and I describe tarot, that it's, it really is all tools to connect you with source, divine, whatever we want to call it, and, and you. And so, again, I believe truly an intention, whether it's crystals, um, whether it happens to be sound, because the sound healing is very is much more common than it used to be. Yeah. Also, using crystals um, in healing, um, to me, it is again as if employing the law of attraction in here. If it is something that helps us to connect and feel better and find ourselves, then it works. If we choose to believe that it's going to work and it's going to be part of our our journey, then it's going to work. Now, do I want somebody coming to me every week to rely on me to tell them what to do? Absolutely not. This is a roadmap. Yeah. That's all I'm giving people is a roadmap. Yes, my coaching helps guide them in the direction they want to go, but I'm not telling anybody what to do, nor do I want someone relying fully on me but they are all tools yes we um, we need some of us need something concrete you know a card that they can you can hold I mean that's the same thing with my students they all learn differently whether they were auditory or or tactile or visual depending upon what type of learner you are and how you receive information we're all intuitive we're all highly intuitive, and but we all receive our message differently. So whatever that message is, it can come to us in different ways. So, um, yeah, it is a tool. You're absolutely well, right. I bring it up because I have this fantasy that some day in the in the in the past, someone was trying to describe what their religion meant to what a crowd of people. We probably hadn't even come up with the word congregation yet. Uh, and and they were just being very cerebral, and they were very into it, and they had made some discoveries that they thought, as soon as I tell this to people, they're going to freak out. And yet they had crickets, and the people were looking glossed over, and they were losing the audience. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, what if I do this blood of Christ thing, and I get this goblet, and I get this uh, piece of bread, and, and I imagine they all going, and he's telling the same story that he did before when they glossed over, but now there's a tool. Now there's a thing. Mm -hmm. Now there's something to put our focus on. And the whole crowd is like, oh, tell me more. And, and then things started to happen. Like stuff started to, you know, people started to get interested. I wonder if, if mm -hmm. we, maybe one day humanity will, will branch off in the future and we could rely more on meditation and on our own trusting ourselves and not as much on the cups and, and things like that. Not that there's, I'm not saying there's like literally anything at all wrong with it, but there is a predilection that anybody can look objectively and see that we have with tools, with things, with 
Um, and also just things to help us c- complete the vision of what someone's trying to tell us through that someone's trying to make in, in our, you know, stead or for themselves or, or otherwise. But I'm, I'm always fascinated with our fascination with tools. Like it's crazy, well, but it's. Yeah. And when you think about um, Christ told stories in parables. And he did that to make it meaningful to the people. It had a much richer, deeper meaning when he spoke about the mustard seed or he spoke about, yeah. you know, the fishes. And whatever it happened to be, he had to, he had to meet the people where they were. It's when I taught fifth grade. Yeah. I couldn't be talking way above their head. They would have been glassy-eyed falling asleep. I had to then sometimes do a song and a dance practically to, so that their eyes were on me and then used references that were meaningful to them to make them understand the full meaning of something. So it's, it's, you have to meet people where they are. Does that not mean they'll never meditate? No. It means that you then follow, this, follow in steps and in increments to get them to that point where they trust themselves. But it's a matter of trust at first that there is something else there is that message that's coming to them, and maybe this time it's a tool, and maybe another time it's just that moment of inspiration that says, you know, you really should go to the grocery store now, and it is because they're supposed to meet someone that's going to help them, someone that, that yeah. they haven't seen in a long time. What, whatever that, that tool is that we trust, whether it's that moment of inspiration or, or the tarot card or the mustard seed or whatever it happens to be, it it's it's about getting to that place of trust. Well, to put a point on it, don't you feel pretty confident at times having a sense for somebody, a sense about them, a sense of without getting out the cards, without doing anything? I mean, you've, you've had intuitive uh, yes. uh, energy yes. hit you really hard without anything coming into play, but did you maybe yes. sometimes think, I'm going to need to use something to get help draw this picture because they're going to think I'm crazy if I just walk up to them and go, don't buy the red car or whatever. You know, I'm, not, I'm just using an example, but whatever your intuition told you, and you knew that without any you know, props or tools or anything like that. Well, there's where the trust comes in because when we first start experiencing and recognizing intuition, we think that somebody's giving, that's our mind going crazy. And we start then mm-hmm. our mental process goes, no, that can't be true because, well, it can't be really this, no, because this is what's really happening, you know, and our mind goes into all that stuff instead of stopping and trusting that message that we just received, that moment of inspiration. So, again, that's where the trust comes in because it's not just about trusting you. It's about trusting that source, the divine, is giving you that message right now. So, uh, yeah, it does happen. And But when it first first was going on with my old beliefs and old training it was that can't possibly be then i and and i and i did that with my readings i would get a i would get my my intuitive hits on what to say and i'm thinking that can't be right no i can't say that now i've learned i just go into that space that intuitive space and and just go from there and people will say well remember that card you drew i said "Mm, not really because i was not there totally (laughs) I was in another place. Yeah. <laughs> well, all you listeners have everything within you uh, already, and you could figure this out at some point, whatever you're trying to figure out. You will. You will. You absolutely will. 
But if you'd like to use a piece of leverage, use Donna and go see her at her site and take her up on her wonderful gifts that she gave us today. And Donna, thank you so much for being here on Leverage Masters. I think we could go hours and hours longer. I wish we could. So much. This has I truly enjoyed this hour. I can't believe it's already gone already. It was just fantastic. And Gina, thank you also. This was so wonderful. Thank you for this unbelievable experience for me today. Well, thank you. And I have a feeling we have people that we are friends with in common, like uh, Burge for yes. clients. Yes, she so is. That's we will why definitely have to get back quote. together again. Yes. Well, thanks again, oh, that Donna. Would be we'll be back. We'll be back same time, same place for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. On election night, there's only one place to be, Fox News Channel. In this critical moment, with the balance of power at stake, this is the midterm election everybody is waiting for. Only Fox News Channel brings real insight, smart perspective, and the all-important results minute by minute. Every key race, every pivotal moment, as America decides, we're there every step of the way. On election night, stay with special coverage starting at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel.